1: Hello there, welcome to a brand new ArsBlog ArsCast right here on Arsblog.com. How are you? Hope you're well. The very last interlull of the season is over. It's done. It's dusted. It's kaput. It is an ex-interlull. That is it, in terms of interruptions. So from here on in, folks, it's all Arsenal, all the time. That's right. Yeah. I don't know what to make of that, actually. There are times when I think, "Oh, that was quite a good interlude, wasn't it? We didn't have to think about Arsenal too much. We didn't have to get upset or disappointed or feel let down in any way. We just kind of went about our business, scooting about the world, doing whatever it was that we needed to do and there was no Arsenal to upset us. No Arsenal to get us angry, no Arsenal to rile us up. But then, There's also no Arsenal to make us feel joy and make us feel happiness and make us feel good and connected and at one with the world. We need that Arsenal back. We haven't seen it for, I don't know, quite a while. But it would be good if it could make a return. This weekend would be a very handy time to do that, of course, because we've got a big game against Manchester City. Arsene Wenger against Pep Guardiola, a man who many would have liked to have seen in the hot seat At the Emirates Stadium, Pep and his peppy ways, master strategist, master tactician, sitting alone at night, night after night, after night, studying the opposition, finding a way to break them down, to find a way through. How can I do it? By more pace, by more passing, by more triangles. By playing a goalkeeper in central midfield, anything he doesn't mind, he'll try any old thing to win a game, but it's not to be, or it wasn't to be, or it certainly isn't to be at the moment, and it's going to be Arsene Wenger taking on Pep Guardiola on Sunday in a game that is hugely, hugely important for Arsenal, for this football club, for our chances of finishing in the top four, which, you know, I would still like us to do. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm alone, maybe I'm just a renegade Arsenal fan who would like to see his team actually win some games and finish higher up the table than they are right now. I know, it sounds completely crazy, but but there you go. But we do have a good show for you today, a really interesting show. There's one particularly really, really interesting bit, which... uh, which happens when I have a conversation with, with Perry Groves. We've all been talking about why the delay in the announcement in whatever the hell is going on with Arsene Wenger. Why is nobody saying anything? Maybe there's a reason that none of us have thought of yet. And Perry Groves, former Arsenal player, you might remember him. He was number one, and he was number two. He was also number three, number, number four. But anyway, Perry Groves drops a big hint about something that might be going on. Now, I don't know if it is going on. I can't speak to the veracity, and he doesn't necessarily say that this is definitely going to happen, but I can say with some certainty that one of the things that has happened over the last few weeks, whether it was something that was in uh, in motion anyway, or whether it's a reaction to what's going on, is that... Names are being bandied about in certain ways, and those names are famous arsenal names, names that you would know, names that you would recognize, names that many of you will cherish and love, and they are being mentioned in ways that would make some people cynical, I get that, but they're also being mentioned in ways that would, when it comes right down to it, make a bit of sense, because... We've talked about what Arsenal need to do in the future. Whether or not Arsene Wenger stays, there are things that need to happen, right? We need to start putting things in place because as much as he would like to, and I think he would like to, he can't literally go on forever, Arsene Wenger. There will come a point where... You know, he needs to stop being a football manager physically and, and all that kind of. So his, his age, I'm talking about, you might already think that that's the case. But listen out for it in the, uh, in the conversation, very early in the conversation with Perry grows and you'll hear uh, what I'm talking about. So apart from that, what else have we got? I'm going to be chatting to Tim Stillman about uh, video assistant referees, the VAR system, that was in place this week uh, that we saw during the France-Spain game, which uh, is very interesting. Very interesting. A development in football that many thought would never happen. Football moving not necessarily out of the Stone Age because we do have certain technologies, don't we, in terms of uh, in terms of uh, helping officials and referees. You know, there's the uh, Hawkeye, the goal line technology. Um, we do have fourth officials. The linesmen have buzzers now on their things. They don't just wave a flag, they press a button and then the referee gets a little buzzy thing on his wrist. I mean, it's state-of-the-art kind of stuff. But the video assistant ref is a is a new development and it's something that's being trialed and uh, we'll chat to Tim about that a little bit later on. And of course, we'll have to chat a little bit about the game against Manchester City, what sort of a team we might put out and how we might approach this game. So um, that's, yeah, that's all to come between now and the the end of the show. So, what else? Oh, yeah, we'll have a competition, I think, as well. Because last week, or the other week, a terrible tragedy occurred in, in the house. Um, it's hard hard to talk about a little bit. But uh, I broke my Boilk mug. The very last one that I had from the merchandise that we did many years ago. So I've uh, put together some new Boilk mugs. Uh, which you can drink your coffee or tea or Bloody Mary out of. And uh, if you would like to win one of those Boilk mugs, you can do so uh, in this podcast. So uh, listen out for that a bit later on. Uh, What else? I don't know. I don't know. I think I should probably just get on with the show. I should probably just get on with the Perry Groves conversation, right? Because... Yeah, it's it's interesting. It is interesting what he says. So without further ado, let me introduce a man who would never wear a Tottenham shirt, whether it was for charity or not. Mr. Perry Groves, hello there.
2: Absolute pleasure. And you're right. No amount of money can make me wear that mob shirt.
1: <laughs> and you're absolutely right about that, too. Um, I want to just talk to you very quickly about the... Uh, the situation with Arsene Wenger and his future, he had his press conference yesterday and he spoke about, uh, he was asked about what was going on. He, he wasn't really uh, in a mind to give any answers, even though he said he's, he's pretty much clear in his own mind about w- what he wants to do. I mean, what's your reading of that?
2: Um, to be fair, I don't understand why, if, if Arsene's clear in his own mind, why he doesn't let everybody know as soon as possible, because it takes away the uncertainty and instability. Um, I actually think the longer that it goes on, again, I might be completely wrong, but the longer that it goes on, the more likely it is he's going to sign his contract. Mm. Um, it just makes me wonder if there's another announcement that they're going to make in conjunction with him saying that he's going to stay. You know, whether it's um, a change in uh, the coaching staff, whether it's uh, you know a big announcement that they're going to uh, release a lot of funds for him to spend next year. Because I think. Because they know it's going to be a split amongst Arsenal fans. Mm. You know, I think it's probably, beginning of the season it was 60-40 that wanted him to stay. Um, I probably think now it's probably going 60-40, maybe even 70-30 that want him to go on the the percentage-wise. So so it just makes me think that they might be making another announcement along with it to try and... uh, placate those people who have been uh, you know sort of the, the negative voices
1: Sure so you mean perhaps I mean speculating here maybe a, a well-known former player coming back to be a director of football something like that That something that people are invested in alongside the announcement uh, with Arsene Wenger to sort of take the edge off it
2: Yeah whether it's a director of football whether it's a change to uh, the coaching staff, because I think it needs a bit more of a change you know hands-on um, so whether it's Uh, You know, I I wouldn't want to put a name to it, but whoever's the six foot four dominant centre midfield player that used to play for us (laughs) and lead us by example, who's um, been... Coaching over in America, and then decides he wants to come back. Who could it be? You know, that sort
1: of person. <laughs> that sort of person. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, you've got people I'm scratching their. Names, yeah, you've got people scratching their heads now, trying to yeah, figure exactly. out, you know, who who that might be. Yeah. Um, let me ask you, just from a player's point of view, if you were in that situation now, and clearly the team are going through a difficult period in terms of form, uh, results have not been great. The football itself has has not been great. Is it possible for you to separate yourself as players from that situation, or is it something that, that kind of looms over everything?
2: Well, it all depends what sort of character uh, you have as a player. Um, personally, I have to admit it wouldn't make any difference to me because I'd be happy, number one, that I was in the starting 11, <laughs> and number two, um, when it all boils down to it, um, obviously, fans will know that I'm a gooner through and through, all my family gooners all the way through, but it didn't matter what team I played for. You're playing for your yourself. You're playing for your own personal worth and own personal pride. So mm. you can look at it, at yourself at the end of any game that you've played, and you look at the mirror and say, "I couldn't have given any more for my team." And obviously, it uh, had more feeling, in resonance with me being put on the Arsenal shirt. You know, yeah. it, it had, it had uh, a lot uh, more emotional tie for me. But um, you know, there's people actually talk about these days about you know, are they you playing for the manager? Um, you know. Are you playing for the team? Are you playing for your teammates? Are you sulking? At the end of the day, football is in a very, very privileged position whereby you're getting paid to do something that you love doing. Mm. Basically, you're getting paid for a hobby. Do you yeah. know what I mean, not for a proper job. Sure, so sure. <laughs> it should come down to you. But obviously, there's different characters. Um, there might be, you know, some people have fallen out of Arsenal Wenger. There, I'm not, I'm not saying this could be any club. You saw with Leicester, you know, this season, where it was quite obvious that seven or eight of their players who were their best players last year had actually downed tools and yeah. weren't putting in the work and intensity for Claudio Ranieri and all of a sudden the manager changes the personnel don't change the formation doesn't change the players' attitude changes where they're actually trying mm. so it, it shouldn't make any difference um, if you're a strong character <clears throat> but with some players it, it, it probably might because of the uncertainty they might use the, that you know, looks like it as an excuse but it really shouldn't
1: yeah I mean, you look at the performance against West Brom and it was hard not to try and jump to that kind of a conclusion. I mean, is, is it possible for a manager, if some of the players are feeling that way, can he can he turn it around? Can he convince them again that he's he's the man perhaps uh, doing something a bit different in terms of the coaching staff might be one way of of convincing players who perhaps have lost a little bit of faith that this is uh, still the right way to go?
2: Yeah, I think the the West Brom game, which I was um, unfortunate enough to witness, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can, it can uh, confidence can affect players. Where you just lose that sort of half a yard. Um, there's, I thought in in the West Brom game, there uh, there was a just lack of um, of leadership on the pitch. You know, that that was from. Everybody concerned. If you, you see, obviously, the two goals from Craig Dawson, it's just about actually center Hulls wanting to head the ball if you're playing zone or you stay in your zone. Yeah. If you're man-to-man, you make sure he doesn't get a free header. So it's just about a desire to stop your person or the opposition team from scoring. So now, whether it's... Um, I don't think they've actually lost belief in in the manager themselves. I think it's just they need bigger characters in the team because you saw against Bayern Munich, if things first half was great... You know, free flowing football, as soon as something goes wrong, there's a bit of adversity. People are looking around on the pitch for the answers and someone else to solve the problems for them. Well, yeah. you've got a, sometimes a play, you have to do that yourself. And that's exactly what happened against West Brom. So it was just, um, there was just a lack of urgency against uh, West Brom. Um, first half was okay. You know, with it one obviously we got ourselves back up with Sanchez, and I must admit I didn't see that second half performance coming. No, because there's one thing you have to do with teams like West Brom and any team in the Premier League—you have to match their, um, their their work rate and their desire, and that's what exactly we're going to have to do against Man City.
1: Yeah, how confident are you that this team can? can find something within them to drag themselves out of this run of bad form. It's only one win in five in the Premier League. They're facing a team that have beaten them already this season. One of those games, I think, when you look back in it, that that week when we lost to Man City and lost to, to Everton, Everton a few a few days previously, in very similar circumstances in the sense that we we went ahead and let the lead slip and the i suppose the mentality that it feels a bit brittle doesn't it that like you say when things go a little bit against them it tends to crumble they don't there's no there's no real resolve or ability to say okay look that that hasn't gone well within a game let's you know get get ourselves going again um and it's going to be very difficult to do that on sunday against man city
2: it will be but it's a massive game against one of the biggest teams in the country you're live on Obviously, Sky TV, not that you should eat any extra motivation. Mm. Um, and as you say, that you mentioned the Everton and the Man City game. I thought, actually, at the Everton game, um, there was a, a resilience there, and there was a battling uh, qualities. And if Erzil scores, you know, when it's one all, then we probably win the game. Mm. The, the biggest worry was the the capitulation in the second half against Man City. You mentioned resolve there uh, and resilience and that's what you have to find against the top teams when they're having their 20, 25 minutes of the game, which they're going to have. You've got to have that resolve. and resistance. Actually, you know what? We're just going to stop them from scoring. We're yeah. just going to be well-organised. We're going to be disciplined. And if, again, the player should be thinking we owe Man City one because of the, you know, the performance in the second half. So um, there's going to be periods because of the way the Man City play. And at the moment, Pep Guardiola is another manager that won't change his philosophy. They basically play five and five. They play five sort of defensive-minded and five attackers. Yeah. That's how they play, whoever plays holding midfield. So you've got to make sure that when we're set up, that our two holding midfield players now, whether it's uh, Zaka, uh, whether it's say uh, chamberlain whether it's Ramsey, whether it's, you know, whoever's playing in there has to be disciplined and has to stay basically as a, for the first good half an hour as a back six where you make sure that when um, Man City break on you, which they want to do, that you've got bodies there and you're, you're very well organised because defensively, Man City are, are pretty poor yeah. because they haven't got very many defensive-minded players. So in a, in, a, in a perverse way, it could suit us playing against a team like Man City because the game is going to be very, very open. Man City aren't going to come to Emirates and just you know, sit in front of their 18-yard line and try and defend. Yeah. They, it will be open. It could end up I mean, we saw the Man City Liverpool game. I know it ended up one all, but that could have been 5-4 Yeah. if people take their chances. This could this could happen on, on Sunday. Mm. This could happen either way. It could be... 4 3 5 three to team. I just hope it's going to be out and on the right side for
1: us. Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, we do have someone in Alexis Sanchez who's quite capable of causing havoc in the uh, in the offensive areas when he gets in there. I mean, he's come back from two games away with Chile, gone into it with a bit of an ankle injury, and he has been playing a little bit on, on the left-hand side. Uh, w- would you start him up top against Man City?
2: Yeah, I, I'm... I'm a big fan of Olivier Drew because I think he, he brings something different you know, to the team and he you know, holds the ball up really well. But I think with, uh, with Man City, again, they're not going to play deep. There's going to be a lot of spaces uh, in the channels. And so I would have Phil Walcott on one side uh, and maybe Danny uh, Welbeck on the other or even uh, Lucas Perez and Alexis Sanchez through the middle, yeah. up top. Because he gives you that threat and he'll actually stretch teams, which, which you want. And then by that Effect of him stretching teams, and you know, with a bit of pace up there, then I don't know if Ozil is going to be fit or not. Or if Oxley Chamberlain plays in there, it gives your uh, sort of flare players that little bit more space to play.
1: Mm. What about um, Ozil then? Just in ter- because he's been out for so long, he's been in- injured, he's been ill, he's been he's had a very significant loss of form, hasn't he, compared to the first half of the season when he was really, uh, really very effective, scoring lots of goals, Uh, looked like he was really enjoying his football, that that amazing goal that he scored against Ludigeritz, And in the last three months, he's really had a, a, a very difficult time. Is this the kind of game where, if you're Arsene Wenger, you say this could be the thing that revitalizes his season. A good performance against a big team could be the thing to get him going again, and certainly it would be beneficial to Arsenal if that were the case. Uh, or is the risk of putting him in to a team that's struggling a little bit when he's struggling, is that too great? What, what, what do you reckon?
2: Well, you could look at it one of two ways. Whether Arsenal is going to put a team in uh, and play his, his players that are going to stop Man City from playing mm. and close them down and get in the faces or he's going to put a team out that's going to take Man City on a game of football. And uh, everybody's seen Arsene for the last 20 years. I'd say he'll go for the latter. <laughs> yeah. He wants to, you know, take teams on an open game. And on the positive side, maybe Urza will find a little bit of space in this sort of game, you know, where it's not going to be uh, people just like closing down and stop him from playing. But what he has to do, which I... And he mentioned in the paper himself today about, you know, his form dropping. And he said he's not a player, which is true. He's not a player that... Um, runs around, closes down, crash tackles people, you know, gets up and back. He's a number 10 that is creative, but he has to work harder to get the ball. It's not going to win him back. If he, you know, you want him to, you know, sort of put uh, the obvious under pressure, but I'm not saying go and crash-tackle people, you know, put your foot in and meet your tackles. It's just when you haven't got the ball, you can fill in a hole and mm. you can, you know, just fill space. But when we've got it, you have to work harder to make sure you influence the game. Um, and I'll give you an example. Ross Barkley fell into that category, probably under um, Roberta Martinez. Yeah. When Ronald Koeman went to Evan, he said, actually, no, you have to work harder to impose yourself on the game. And if you don't, then he left him out. And I don't think it's any coincidence now he's come back in, Ross Barkley, and he's one of Everton's best players. Because he's actually working harder to say, I've got this amount of talent, I want to be as involved as much as I can. And it might be that, as you said there, that the game against Man City might suit us. And let's be honest, he's got to be refreshed because he hasn't played for yeah. is it, two and a half, three weeks. Yeah. So he's not one of these international players who's coming back, you know, played two games in six days. He's had, you know, travelled all around the world. So he should be fresh and ready to
1: go. All right. Well, look, hopefully we can, uh, we can see the Mesut Ozil from the first half of the season. I think as well, there's you know, some professional pride there as well. You see people accusing him of not caring and all that kind of stuff. But you, know, you don't become part of a team that wins the World Cup and get to the level that he's at if you don't care. So uh, it would be great to see him uh, find some form again. Just very finally, uh, I want to talk to you about uh, play with a legend. So tell us exactly what play with a legend is and, and how people can get involved with that.
2: Yeah, what, what we found, uh, myself and my partner, Josh Landy, I was asked to play in a... Um, he had some uh, uh, a mate who was getting married, and uh, it was his stag uh, weekend, and they were playing a five-a-side game. He was a massive Arsenal fan, so he asked if I'd just come and surprise him and you know, uh, and go and play in the game. I think he was really surprised because he wanted Ray Pard, I think, of me, <laughs> but he got me instead. So I played in the, in the five-a-side, um, had a few beers with him afterwards, You know, told a few stories, and like the... Obviously, the lads loved it. Um, and then uh, myself and Steve Says, you asked to play in a Arsenal-Spurs one, you know, split group of Arsenal and Spurs fans yeah. on the Stag Weekend. And then we thought, actually, there's, there's definitely legs in this. There's just a bit of business because there's no link now between the the, the fans and the modern-day player. You don't, They don't get to mix with them, whereas my era, we, they could see us having a drink down the pub, you know, on a Tuesday or, you know, have a chat and there's a few stories, few characters... So um, then we decided to launch Play of Legend, and what it is now is we have upwards of 90 play- ex-players. Now you can range from old hasbins like uh, myself and uh, and Kerry Dixon and Tony Cotty up to uh, the more recent players that retired, of uh, like Robbie Fowler, you know Andy Cole, Telly Sheringham, Darren Anderton, um, uh, Lauren, obviously our famous right back. Yeah. Um, and then we uh, we get requests for these sort of players, you know, whether you West Ham fan, we have a Chelsea fan, we have Liverpool, Man United um, to have their favourite player go and play in the game. That could be for a birthday, it could be a stag, you know, it could just be uh, a surprise party, it could be an anniversary. Um, and it works really, really well. And it's the wow factor of having that person playing the game. Mm. And what you'll find is the six-side and seven-side games always start out at like under a mile an hour. And then after half hour, because the lads have been out on the lash night before, <laughs> and someone's chopped their legs off, and the, and the game sort of quiets quite down a bit. But the ex-player will always do something in the game where the other lad can see that's why that they were the top players. Sure. Where they nutmeg somebody like Merce, The games I've played in, he's uh, in a five or side goal. He's, he's lobbed the goalkeeper for forty five yards. <laughs> you
3: know, <laughs> um,
2: so there's always that wow factor. And then we make sure that our lads stay in the bar at least an hour and a half afterwards, having a few pints and telling them a few stories. So that's just as, you know, a bigger part of it, to be fair, sure. other than the, the playing. And the characters that we have, um, they, uh, they're not too adverse to having a couple of pints in the bar <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> you know, it's not exactly they a don't need to be convinced. Plan, game, game of football and talking about yourself. Yeah. So, and it goes, the, the website is uh, playwithlegend.com. So All of the players there we do events at stadiums as well, so like uh, last season we had uh Vicarish Road at Watford, we had Tommy Mooney playing in one team Luther mm. B- 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 Blissett playing another um so you get to play you know at your team's like your favorite home ground with your stars so there's different events that we put on um and uh, we get a, we get a really good response because it 's just a a real, like, fun-filled
1: day. Sure, absolutely. Football and a few beers, you, you can't really go wrong with that. So, exactly. Uh, so that's it. Okay, well, look, we'll give the website a good plug on the uh, on the website as well. Uh, Perry Groves, thank you very much indeed. Absolute pleasure. My thanks indeed to Perry Groves. The website he's talking about is play with a Legend. It's PlayWithALegend.com. So if you've got some event uh, where you'd like to uh, play a game of slow pace 5 aside because you're hung over to bits against uh, an Arsenal legend. I assume you wouldn't want to be playing with any of the others. Uh, check it out, com. And what an interesting little snippet that was in the conversation at the very start. I mean, shame he had to be so cryptic about who he was talking about, but oof, wouldn't that be an interesting thing if that's what was going on? If that's what's happening, if that is in some way uh, an explanation for... Uh, for the delay in the announcement of whatever it is that's going to be announced. Anyway, we shall see. Time will tell, no doubt, uh, what happens there. But uh, it would certainly tally with some of the, the whispers that are going around about things that might or might not be happening or what the intentions are. But, uh, you know, the proof of these kind of puddings is in the eating. So as soon as we eat a Patrick Vieira-shaped pudding, then... Then we can start talking about it with a bit more seriousness, but we shall see. Right, we are going to do a competition in a couple of moments' time in which you can win yourself a Boilk mug. My goodness, what a prize with these mugs. Like the ambassador from Ferrero Roche, I am spoiling you. We'll give you a chance to do that right after this. Arsenal Football Club today released a press release to say that they would not be releasing a press release. Speculation is mounting over the future of manager Francois Pisswistle, but the club insists there is nothing at this point to insist. Harassed by pesky reporters, chairman Sir Chips Keswick said... I've told you cunts before, I don't do media interviews. Now get that camera out of my face or I'll fucking smash you. We're allowed to be here, it's freedom of the press, mate. I'll show you freedom of the press, you fucking cunts.
3: Come here.
1: Ow, 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 ow. I didn't even hit you that time. It wasn't out because of how much it hurts from all the other times you hit me. Oh, we've got a fucking smart aleck here, do we? Ow! 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 Ow!
3: Ow!
1: Ow! 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 Anyone else got any more questions? I didn't think so.
0: This holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy.
1: Introducing the new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, now temperature balancing, so you can sleep better together.
4: But will it keep me asleep?
1: Yes, it intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you both effortlessly comfortable. Will I have more energy for holiday shopping? Does Rudolph have a red
2: nose? It's the final days to save up to seven hundred dollars on new Sleep Number 360 Smart Beds, plus special financing ends Thursday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store
4: for details.
1: Okay then, time for a competition. As I said, we're giving away a Boilk mug, and because I'm feeling extra generous and I've had a bottle of Kinnegar Brewery's Crossroads American Style IPA, which is 6.2%, I'm feeling extra generous, so I'm going to give two mugs away. That increases your chances of winning by, I don't know, I'm not a mathematician or a statistician guy. Because it all depends on how many people enter. It's not like you've got a 50% better chance of winning. There are just two prizes between all the hundreds of people who will enter. But anyway, it's a very simple question for you this week. All you have to do is email competition at arseblog.com. And the question is, what's going on? Like, what's, what's happening? What the fuck is happening? I don't just mean with Arsenal. I mean, you know, the world. What's, what's happening? Answers no longer than a 100 words, please. Uh, to competition at rsblog.com, or just fire an email to competition at rsblog.com, and, uh, you know, you're in with a chance. Uh, because though that's a difficult question. Nobody knows. I don't know. I mean, what the fuck? Who Like, what? I, you, you look at the news, you're like, What? Maybe it was always like this, but now there's just more of it. Or maybe it wasn't. I don't know. That wasn't a great question. I've depressed myself. I think I need another bottle of Kindergarten Brewing's Crossroads American Style IPA. <clears throat> if you're listening, I'll take a crate or two of that. It's, it's quite delicious. But look, just fire an email to competition at arsblog.com, and you could win yourself a mug that will magically make your life better. I promise. Please note, promises are not valid. Right then, let's get on with the show. And time for uh, our second guest for some chat about what's going on with Arsene Wenger. Ooh, that's new and fresh. Also, video assistant referees and looking ahead to the Manchester City game, it's Tim Stillman. Hello there. Hello there. Tim, we're going to talk a little bit about video assistant referees uh, in a few minutes' time. But I want to talk, obviously, about Arsene Wenger and the situation that's going on there. Um he he was pressed at his press conference today about his future and he he wasn't being very forthcoming at all to be fair to James Ollie from the evening standard he really gave it a good go to try and get something out of him and one of the the interesting things that he said was you know what why are you waiting what what's what's the problem what are you waiting for because he said you know in my own mind I'm clear about what I want to do but then he said mm. there's a couple of little things that I want to sort out or that haven't quite been sorted out yet Now, people have been speculating from, you know, top to bottom about why there's been a delay or why there's been no clarity on this subject. A little bit earlier in the podcast, I was speaking to Perry Groves, and he hinted that perhaps there might be uh, a well-known former player coming back to the club in a coaching capacity, um, and they might announce those two things in tandem and here we go off on another w- little bit of a tangent, but it would make some kind of sense.
4: Yeah, yeah, it would. It does. It does look like they've been trying to quote unquote position this because the kind of mystery around it is, if you, if you know, if you're the Arsenal board and you're, re- you know, we all understand the pressures of PR, etc. But if you're really behind this decision to renew his contract and that's what you want to do, then you know, you announce it. You don't. You know, you don't, this phrase, waiting for a good time to announce it, you wait for a good time to announce to your six-year-old that its hamster has died. Yeah. You wait for a good time to tell your spouse that you want to leave them. That's 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 what that phrase means, waiting for a good time. You don't wait for a good time to announce what you regard as good news. Um, so that would make an awful lot of sense. And certainly it feels like, you know, the club have been using the media quite a lot in the last few weeks, putting out the feelers about you know this stuff about you know directors of football coming in, and obviously the the pretty misguided war chest yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, and I and I think you know that that would certainly I don't it, listen. It will not entirely placate people if that's what's happened. Um, there are people, quite a lot of people, who are still going to be pretty upset either way if Arsene Wenger renews his contract. But you know if if they were to bring back you know a popular former player, which does seem to have been a trope of the last few years, it's it's a conversation that kind of repeats itself a lot, then maybe that might sugar the pill a little bit. Um, I I think it would make a certain amount of sense from a kind of populist PR perspective. Um, I, I do get the impression that, you know, something needs shaking up behind the scenes, probably quite a lot actually in terms of the coaching staff, the board, the structure, it all feels a little bit, um, 10 years ago yeah. uh, compared to compared to the kind of modern football structures so yeah. it makes sense on, on a lot of levels then we would just have to wait and see, if that's indeed what's happening we'd have to wait and see if actually that that person um, is suitable whether they do a good job and of course whether they're allowed to do a good job um, because I get the sense and I think a lot of people suspect that that, that still might be a problem
1: Mm. I mean, one of the things, uh, I suppose, one of the ways that even if people don't want it to happen, one of the ways that it could be, in some ways, put forward as a really good thing or as a good thing rather than a really good thing, is if during the duration of this contract that Arsene Wenger has yet to sign or will sign or won't mm. sign, I don't know, um, but if if there were if there was like a a logical well-thought-out plan to sort of future-proof the club for the for the foreseeable future in terms of bringing in new coaching staff, in terms of appointing that director of football, in terms of handing over some of the responsibilities that the manager has to these people, to allow the transition to a new manager to become a bit more seamless, I guess, mm. uh, because it, it will be, you know, if a new manager comes in, now be quite quite a seismic thing. Uh, so, I mean, that's one way of of looking at it from the club's point of view, I guess.
4: Yeah, definitely, and it does feel like a kind of a better late than never um, situation because I, I do think, as much as um, I think, quite a lot of us are, are fairly. Um, well, no, bored is probably um, a pretty good expression. I think a lot of there's plenty of people that are angry, but I think the the overriding kind of emotion is just a bit of boredom. And actually, when a, a few weeks ago after the Bayern game, when it really became, you know, this whole thing where I think everyone thought he was going to leave. And actually, I, I sensed like a little bit of excitement in that as everybody started to speculate who the new person might be. But actually, what, what that can do sometimes is that, um, you know, your excitement and your thirst for change is quite natural. But obviously, it has to be a good change. And whether Arsenal are positioned for that change at the moment, I think if you look at it rationally, it looks quite doubtful. So as much as, you know, I I think Arsenal's time has come um, personally, but I am still quite nervous about that transition. And I, I personally think that maybe him signing a one or two-year deal with a very clear succession plan um, might be the best way forward or at least a good way forward rather than just saying right let's just set this all on fire and see who we can convince to come and manage us in a month Um, it might not be the most exciting um, and we might have two years of pretty much more of the same but it might put us in a slightly better position so it's you know as, as exciting as revolution is um probably evolution is is the way to go and it's like i said it's probably something well it's not probably it's definitely something they should have been looking at quite a bit earlier and it does feel a little bit reactive it does feel like oh god this is what everyone's saying now isn't it we, yeah. we better do it um, which you know, which doesn't feel like fantastic leadership, really. In 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 a way, I'd have a lot, more, I'd have a bit more confidence even if they just said, "No, fuck it, we're doing it our way." Um, he's signing a two-year deal, and we'll go from there. But yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, no, it, I mean- it doesn't feel convincing but it might be the best way by hook or by crook.
1: Yeah, I mean, it seems to me that that's the way that they're going to try and, and sell this if, if that's what is going to happen. I still think to a large extent that it could be dependent on on results and what happens on the pitch because, you know, as, as much as you say there's not a good time to announce uh, what they think is a good thing, there are also really bad times yeah. uh, to try and announce that. And I think what what they need more than anything is a run of four or five games in which you know we don't lose for a start, mm. but perhaps in which uh, you know we we take some of the sting out of uh, of what's going on in terms of the performances. But yeah, you're right. You know, if there was the courage of convictions to come out and go, well, look, you know, we hear what you're saying about protests and no you no new contracts, but you know, fuck it, this is what we think is the right way. Mm. The the the, com- the dallying, the delaying, the lack of clarity, the unwillingness on anybody's part to talk about it is just it does speak to a like oh fuck we know that this is not going to go down well kind of yeah. thing you know sir chips being interviewed you know what have you got to say <laughs> nothing uh, any news on Arsene no what do you think about the situation i don't give media interviews he says yeah. while talking to a camera you know that kind of thing it does, <laughs> it really doesn't um it doesn't lend itself to 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 you thinking oh wow we really know what we're doing here they're just kind of winging it and hoping that something happens for it to fall into place.
4: Indeed, indeed. And actually something quite interesting is going to happen on Sunday. Um, it's the next Fans Forum, uh, which is chaired by Mark Ganella and Ivan Gazidis. So um, Ivan's going to have to climb out of his cave uh, for that one. Um, is he'll, that, he'll is probably that before have, the game? Or? Uh, just before the Man City game. Yeah, yeah. I think it's about, I'm, I'm not on it personally, but I think the Fans Forum meets about quarterly. Right, And it's it's just a, a chance for supporters, particularly uh, pertaining to stadium issues, actually. But if they think they can get through an hour's meeting with a group of, you know, 40 or 50 fans without being questioned on this, <laughs> um, then they're insane, frankly. And I'm sure they're <laughs> not expecting that. So, you know, Ivan's going to have to climb out of his cave with his big fuzzy beard, um, having not seen <laughs> daylight for the last three months.
1: Grizzly gaze. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
4: exactly. So, you know, that they're... And, and I'm sure they used the international break. I mean, I think a lot of us thought they might use the international break to make some kind of announcement. Um, what it's clear they've been doing instead is perhaps laying a little bit of groundwork and using the time to take stock, which, you know, which which is probably, I, I know we're all quite a bit thirsty for blood at the moment. And so in the aftermath of that West Brom game, I was certainly thinking, Arson, just announce you're going now because this is just going to get worse and worse and worse. But... You know, obviously the club have, have, have used this kind of fortnight to take the sting out of it a little bit. Ivan's going to have to front up some fans um, on Sunday. Um, he will certainly be asked questions about it, whether he wants to be or not. What, and what, it, it yeah. does feel a little bit like they've been positioning for this.
1: What is the situation with those fans forum meetings in the sense that, you know, is it a behind closed doors thing where what happens in the fans forum stays in the fans forum, apart from what they decide to? I know they post some articles on the on the web page, yeah. but surely there's going to be somebody in there who who could uh, who is going to get a, a, an answer of some description from Ivan Gazidis yeah. about what the hell is going on. I mean, are we going to know what he said
4: I'd imagine so, yeah. I, I don't think it's a Chatham House rules kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, like I say, the the actual purpose of the meetings is more to do with, you know, ticketing, memberships, away credits, the stadium, um, you know, comfort, that kind of thing. But like I say, you know, this is a group of, of Arsenal fans they're going to be meeting. Mm. So the, the question is going to come, come up one way or another, whether they, they want it to or not. I'm not sure... I think they might be minuted, but I'm not, I'm not certain on that. But like you say, whether someone has, you know, a slightly more off the record, record. that was weird, a a, a slightly more (laughs) off the record conversation. And, you know, I don't know. And then then you're in the realms of people, you know, it, it being a bit kind of social media whispers and people saying, Oh, I spoke, spoke to Ivan and he said this. And in reality, it's probably quite harmless and polished, but yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it might be interesting. It might not. It might be completely without incident. But oh, right. um, it's it's certainly the first time, really, that Ivan's going to have to go something close to on the record with Arsenal fans.
1: Right. Well, that will be interesting. We'll have to wait and see uh, what he says, if he says much at all and how he says it uh, and what we can learn from it. I mean, it seems to me that probably we'll get the uh, the classic uh, Gazeta's politicians' answers but, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look, much will depend, as I said, uh, 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 on what happens on the pitch. We'll touch on the Man City game now in a few minutes. But uh, video assistant referees uh, mm. made made the headlines during the week. It was probably the mm. most exciting thing about the, the international <laughs> break, to be perfectly honest. And uh, Arsene Wenger spoke about it at, uh, at his press conference on... On Thursday, he said, I watched the game against Spain, and afterwards I thought, we are really stupid. Why did that not happen 15 years ago? He said, it just shows that the football world is still a regressive world that is scared to move forward. I believe it should have happened mm. a long, long time ago. Uh, I saw you talking about this um, on, on Twitter during the week, um, mm. I, and you have some some reservations about it,
4: yeah. uh, I guess. Yeah, I do, and I, I kind of – I have some um – I kind of reject the way this debate is framed sometimes that, you know, if you're not for it, it's because you're a Luddite and, you know, you're rejecting the future and all of this. Yeah. Um, I should I should just say just to illustrate the fact that I'm not a Luddite. I've literally spent the day at a conference on um, applied robotics and how they're going to affect the workplace in the next 30 years how we're and, uh, all
1: how we're all going to be replaced by robots folks yeah, the yeah something, is like,
4: <laughs> something like three billion jobs um are basically under threat in the next uh, 20 years we had a talk from a futurologist which was really really interesting um so you know i'm i'm not i'm not like you know oh bloody tech technology and all of this um but i do have reservations because i think I, I saw, you know, the, the the France goal that was disallowed, and my my biggest single reservation is what video evidence potentially does to the goal, which is the to me the best and most fun thing in football is the goal and celebrating the goal, and I know a lot of people kind of sneer at this and say, oh well, you know, what does that matter? But you know, I'm I'm coming from my own personal point of view, the way I experience football personally. Is and I recognise that I'm in a very shrinking demographic here. But I go to games. That's how I experience football. Yeah. Um, whether there are Arsenal games when Arsenal aren't playing, I go and find another game and go and watch it. Um, you know, in my local area or non-league. I'm I'm fairly old-fashioned like that because I like the stadium experience. And that's that's where my reservation lies really. I watched that that Griezmann goal that was disallowed, and I just found it a little bit odd you know, that it took around 45 seconds, everyone's celebrating, and obviously it's not the same intensity because it's a friendly mm. and no one really cares, but kind of imagine that in a cup final or a derby, you score this big, important goal and everyone goes nuts, and then 45 seconds later, um, the goal's taken away by someone you can't see and you can't interact with. Yeah, And that that, to me, potentially... And it might just take some getting used to. You might develop a sixth sense for when this is going to happen and when it's not. The referee might be able to give a very clear signal, and you know, you might get used to it. But th- that's where my reservation is, really. And I, I think, you know, and, and in this in this kind of conference I was at today, uh, the guy who's the futurologist was saying, look, every time there's technical technological innovation in the workplace, there's a lot of anxiety. <laughs> if you trace history, um, technology almost always actually makes a net gain. And anyway, yeah. there is always, always a human loss. There's always a human price. But largely, if you plot back through the Industrial Revolution, etc., etc., et cetera, you end up with a net gain. And um, I do kind of believe that. But my kind of issue is that football isn't the workplace. It's not medicine. It's not the economy. It's not important it's entertainment it's fun yeah and um so i think my my reservation is that if it impinges on the entertainment are we left with a net gain yeah and i'm not certain about that and i think there is and this, this by the way isn't a reason not not to do it but i do think that people forget sometimes we get so wrapped up in how serious this all is are <laughs> oh, the consequences and are oh, we getting you know offside goals against us all the time and um i think we do kind of forget that it's meant to be entertaining yeah. i think we also over exaggerate the extent to which these things happen so when i was having this debate the other night i kept asking people if you if even if you frame it in a very fairly selfish arsenal fan context which goals that Arsenal have conceded this season do you think would have been wiped out by a video ref? Yeah, I can't. Th- I, a, I can't think of many.
1: No, no, neither can I. I mean, I think the 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 thing about it is it depends on which side of the thing you're on. You know, yeah, if, yeah. If if you're the if you're in a cup final and you're disconsolate and broken hearted because you've just conceded a goal, and then yeah. it turns right, you know, so I can I can see it from that point of view, and I think you're right to to an extent because. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to football that's intangible, right? There's yeah. the heart of the game, the emotion that you feel, uh you know, even when people talk about players about, you know, how hard they work or how much they wanted and all these kind of things. These intangibles mm-hmm. that we we sort of experience and we think we know it, because it is part of our personal experience of football that mine could differ from yours, could differ from the next guy's. But I think what was interesting about what happened on on in midweek, anyway, was the fact that both uh, incidents were absolutely right. Um, mm. They obviously worked out for Spain and didn't work out for France. But I think what'll be most interesting is what happens when the flaws in any system i think that's the other side of technology when it's introduced everybody goes this is great and it's only when it's in use that we start to see what the flaws of it are and we'll see incidents and issues that come up that people don't expect from video assistant referees like oh it's not going to make Uh, everything correct all the time because in itself, it will start to get things wrong and there are things that we'll have to deal with.
4: Yeah, yeah. And I, I, you know, I noted with interest that Didier Deschamps said, you know, it's fine. It went against us, but that's okay. And I understand why managers want it because their jobs are on the line. Um, So I fully understand why Arsene Wenger wants it. (laughs) Um, But, you know, football is an entertainment product and and effectively, we as fans are paying for it. So kind of shut up and entertain us, really. Yeah. Um, and like I say, like the, the fact that it, it doesn't happen very often or as often as we think um, isn't in itself not a reason to do it. But if it introduces any hesitation to that moment when your team scores a goal and you think, am I safe to celebrate this or is the guy I can't see going to rule this out? Yeah. In exchange for possibly, like, I can't even think of an Arsenal goal this season. I'm going back to the first home game of last season, Ramsey, scoring a goal that wasn't offside. I'm going back 18 months. In exchange for one decision in 18 months, you know, am I prepared to lose the spontaneity of the goal? And like I say, I'll probably get used to it. I'll probably pick up a sixth sense for when a goal is in doubt or not. Um, But you're right, you're right that it will bring other issues because what about the day, yep, the offside goal was ruled out, but then the other team goes down the other end and they get the corner that they shouldn't have had, that the ref got wrong and the team scores. And so the other team goes, well, hang on, video evidence ruled out our goal. Why is it not ruling out their goal? So pretty soon, because it's a product of of fear, really, of oversensitivity... Mm pretty soon you get a situation where one manager is going to go, well, why can't I have video evidence for that? It wasn't a corner and we conceded a goal and lost the match. So yeah, it does create other issues. And again, if, if it improves things slightly and you know, it, it adds more than it takes away, then, then it's worth doing. But I'm, I'm a little bit dubious as to, as to whether it will. That said, I think it's inevitable anyway. Yeah. Um, and so, I'm probably just going to have to get used to it.
1: Yeah, I think I think it is inevitable, and I think obviously the fact that it's being tested now is is a good thing. They've obviously thought about it to yeah. to a, a large extent and how they're going to implement it. And the uh, the the video referees will be uh, used for goals, penalty decisions, which is an interesting one as well. Mm. Um, it, it strikes me that that's going to be a complicated one to to do. Um, yeah. You know, does play get brought back? Or is the award of a penalty going to be overturned? Um, Red cards and mistaken identity are the things that they're going to focus on. So, you know, like you say, there'll be more and more things. Why can't we use it for this? Why can't we use it for that? And uh, it's going to be interesting, but it's certainly a a step forward or a game changer, literally a changer of the game.
4: And, And actually, to be honest, actually, penalties are the one thing I can actually really see it working if the referee says doesn't give a decision one way or the other if he says do you know what i'm not sure about that i'm not sure if you've dived i'm not sure if there's a coming together I'm, like i'm not sure i want a second opinion but does if that only work if play out, is,
1: yeah is, does that only work if play is stopped though does the referee just yeah. stop play to to make yeah. the, the television signal and then what start start the game again with a drop ball if it's not a penalty or you know it's it's it, breaking that, that momentum in the game that's that's going to be an issue
4: yeah that that is that is certainly an issue i i think that's that's definitely an issue overall. And I think when people, you know, people often come back to me and say, oh, it works in tennis and and rugby. And, and actually, uh, if you ask people that watch those sports, not everyone agrees that it does. But, um, I think those sports uh, have natural stoppages anyway. And also, I don't, I don't like tennis and rugby. I think (laughs) it's boring. So, I don't like, and again, this is just me personally I, I can't enforce that on everyone. I don't watch them because they stop too much. yeah the reason football is such a popular sport, probably the most popular sport on the earth and I think that's because it has so few stoppages it's because you know you can have the ball and you can be in comfortable possession and ten seconds later you've lost a goal yeah and and that that's something that's fairly unique um to football basketball kind of has it, but basketball breaks up. Quite a lot, anyway, which is the reason that football's so popular, and that's why I think we have to be very, very careful not to lose that too much. Or if we lose even a bit of it, it has to be, um, it has, it has to, there has to be a net gain. Sure. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm still to be convinced.
1: All right, well, look, you know, like anything, change is weird and scary and then you get used to it or you don't yeah. uh, one way or the other. But it's yeah. certainly going to make things uh, interesting. I, I believe it's going to be trialed during the uh, the FA Cup uh, next season. So that, that should make things interesting. Very quickly, let's um, talk a little bit about the Manchester City game. Arsenal mm-hmm. with one Premier League win in five, form in the toilet, confidence low, uh, angst and uh, despair everywhere you look. We could yeah. really use uh, a win on Sunday. Um, I know that might not suit everyone, but I, you know, f- for me, it would be great to see us respond. We've never had a run as bad as this under Arsene Wenger, and uh, both mm. he and the players have got something to put right.
4: Yeah, indeed, and, and in many ways, um, this this could be quite a decent game for us to have because it's one of the very few home games. Well, we probably won't expect to dominate possession and the problem is for Arsenal at the moment is confidence is really really low and so if we were playing a team who you know were setting up to hit us on the break or you know two banks of four that's very difficult when you don't have confidence and you're not moving the ball very quickly but actually Man City probably won't do that they'll expect to have a bit of confidence themselves so Arsenal are going to have to do you know, some kind of off the ball work, and they're probably going to have to be quite compact and choose their moment. And actually, um, we kind of our form is um relegation team form at the moment. So there are probably periods in the game where we're going to have to play like that. We're going to have to box a bit clever, and we're going to have to, you know, be nice and compact in midfield. I, I think that Özil's recent kind of injury woes will give. Or every excuse he needs to not play him and perhaps solve that little issue that urzil gives us and have a more compact midfield I, I think it's there's something it's slightly easier to play a bit more defensively when your confidence is low mm. um, because then you just you have to be organized and that's you know that obviously that's not something that comes easily to arsenal but when your confidence is a bit low i think it's easier to play a bit like an underdog um almost than it is to go out and really express yourself, and yeah, because ordinarily, if our form was even normal, i'd be looking at this game as probably a bit of a slug fest, which really could go either way, but if we get into a slug fest with city with the way we're playing at the moment we're going to lose
1: yeah so i mean they're, yeah. they're going
4: to have to play a, a slightly different way
1: i mean, but do you <sighs> That's the thing, though, about Arsenal under Arsene Wenger, is that all the mm. all the logic that you've just come out with there tends not to not to go uh, in, into into practice when it comes to the games, you know. And you wrote uh, on our blog, I think it was last week, in your column about uh, previous seasons when we have gone more defensive and we've ground out wins and and we have shown that we can do that in, in the past. Mm. I'm just not necessarily sure that this team has the ability to do it. You know, I don't know if they have even the confidence to do it. You know, the issue is, you know, you set up that way. Let's not concede. Let's be clever. Let's defend well. And you let in a goal, then that all has to go out the window. So yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what way we're going to approach this one. And you don't think Mesut Ozil will, will start this game. No. What, what does – How do we? how do we come to terms with the fact that our record signing – a player who is undoubtedly a brilliant, brilliant footballer mm. is being, if he is left out of this game, is just can't make the team for a big game against one of the the big teams in the league. That's, that's hard to get your head around.
4: It is, it is. Um, I think, you know, it depends how much the fitness thing comes into it. I think the fact that he couldn't play for Germany, I know he came on as a sub, I think, in the second game. The fact that Germany didn't, Deem him fit enough to play. Um, maybe allays some of our cynicism around how injured he has actually been. Yeah. Because um, I think an on form and fit Özil, he does give you that slight problem. But when he's on form and fit, um, it's it's worth it because the upside is so much higher yeah. than the downside he gives you. So I think ordinarily, if he's fit, he's you know he's on form and he's confident. There's absolutely no way he gets left out of any game, let alone a game like this it's it's more a circumstance of what's happening at the moment and it's it's difficult to get a read on it because we don't know how much is related to fitness how much is related to his future whether he's just completely out of form and low on confidence it it's really difficult to get a read on it um at the moment and i mean i i think the fact that he hasn't he wasn't fit enough to play i think it was sunday maybe against azerbaijan yeah it 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 does if he wasn't fit enough to play against Azerbaijan on sunday he he surely can't be fit enough to play a game like this a week later. yeah, um so it it really it just depends how much is um how much is circumstance, how much is psychological, and how much is is fitness really, but it is worrying and it is unfortunately it's just a bit of a trend. If you look around the squad at the moment, how many players do you look at and think we're getting a hundred percent of his potential? You know, you look at a player like Ramsey, a player like Jacker, um, even a player like Mustafi. You know, you look at them and you think these are good players; these are really good players. We know they are, but yeah, why, you know, are, are we getting their full potential all of the time? And o- Ozil falls into that. I think Alexis fell into that, maybe to a lesser extent, until we moved him up front this season. Yeah, um, before that, I always felt that he was he was brilliant, but that there was something not quite not quite there and it took us a little while to figure it out and the same with Cazorla for a couple of seasons he was obviously brilliant but it wasn't until we put him in this deep midfield role you thought right yes we're getting the full kind of benefit of Santi Cazorla and it's, it's just too much of a common theme at the moment there's just too many players you look at and I think that's a really good player, and I really don't think we're getting their best, and we haven't for, for quite a while.
1: Mm, I think you could look almost right throughout whatever starting eleven he puts out on yeah. sunday and and that that will be true of them to be perfectly honest. So look, they're, they're going to have to dig deep and uh, and try and find some way out of this uh, this current hole that they're in, but we better leave it there. Tim, thanks a million. My pleasure. You know where to find Tim. He's on Twitter, at Stilberto. That's at Stilberto, and you can read his column every week on arsblog.com. Check it out this week, actually. Very good one about supporters clubs around the world and the, the global reach of Arsenal. So really, that's uh, just about it. Just time to remind you, an occasional reminder that if you could leave... Leave a review or a rating on iTunes for the podcast. That would be very much appreciated. And also, podcasts are difficult things to share, you know. So if you like the podcast, tell a friend, tweet about it, Facebook it, you know, help share and spread the love and spread the audience. Maybe after you've entered the competition so you can have a better chance of winning the mug, of course. But all stuff like that is very much appreciated. All stuff like that. Is very much appreciated. Me likey things like that when the English is good. Um, I think we've spoken enough about Manchester City and what needs to happen. I think we all know what needs to happen from an Arsenal point of view. A win would be very, very, very useful indeed for this team. Another defeat. Uh, I don't know where we go from there. We do have a midweek game, of course, as well uh, against West Ham an evening game. So that's something to look forward to as well in midweek. So the games are coming thick and fast. And, you know, a couple of wins under our belt by the time we talk uh, this time next week, things might just start to feel just a little bit better. Just a little bit. I'm not saying it'll make everything right, but it would be good if we could win a couple of games because that, you know, is the whole, the whole point of football is, uh, Winning football matches, so if they could do that, I, I, I'd like it. I'd like it. James and I will be here at some point with an Arscast extra. I think it will be Monday, but there may be some slight issue. Not not my fault, of course. I'm. It's uh, James. You know, you know these actors, divas, so difficult. Complaining about his trailer and his rider and all. Anyway. I'll see if I can sort it out with him, but we will have an Arscast Extra for you uh, at some point, uh, hopefully on Monday. Um, So join us for that. Let's keep fingers crossed that we can take three points this weekend against Manchester City, and uh, I'll chat to you on the next one. Have a great weekend. Cheers. Bye-bye.